I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. Yet another version of this, uh, I think it's been a pretty successful run so far. And of course, my I'm gonna call him my sidekick. What would you call yourself, Austin, when you're in uh, the when you're in the presence of me? What would you call yourself? Yeah, I think uh, sidekick is the right way. This is this is your show. I'm just along for the ride. I figured you might have some sort of uh, airline or pilot. You know, what am I? I'm the deadhead over here, or what? You're the co-pilot. Co-pilot. There okay. we go. You're the co-pilot, but you get to you get to have the controls a lot because that's how you uh, rack up hours <laughs> being a. Uh, being a first officer or a co-pilot and uh sometimes i need somebody to take over the plane because let's face it it gets a little loopy the, t- the but, tough uh, part is that i i've got this chair on my left i'm in your normal spot we can't seem to uh get in the same room <laughs> at the same time this off season yeah i know man i you know i'll just right up front i mean i my mom has been having some uh difficulties i mean she's basically had a uh stroke and she's had a recurring uh problems from that and uh, and it's, I've been trying to get to Texas as much as possible. That's the luxury of being in semi-retirement is that, you know, you finally get to spend time with your, your, your mom, who's yeah. like a uh, you know, thousand miles away and wish you'd spent this kind of time with her, been able to do this like 20 years ago, but, right. uh, it is what it is at this point. I'm at Pinecrest retirement community, which man, what a, what a fabulous place. I'm not just plugging it cause I get no discount. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but, uh, it's just a fabulous place. They've got a rehab facility right, you know, in in the in the facilities here, and it's just, you know, it's just great. My mom's lived here for like, uh, what, uh, nine years, and and it's just it's just a tough time. But you know, she's dealing with it. I'm dealing with it. She said hi to me this morning when I walked in. Didn't do that yesterday. So every day's a new adventure. Yeah. And uh, we'll see where this one takes us. But you know, I digress. Uh, bottom line is, speaking of tough times. You know, you get the news last week that uh, uh, Josh and Went and Amira Reap, two guys who were expected to really step up and play big roles with their high state football team in the 2020 season, were both arrested and uh, charged with uh, what rape and kidnapping, mm-hmm. uh, various degrees of that, and were arraigned. Uh, obviously, uh, Amir Reap's uh, bond was set at $75,000. Excuse me. Uh, Justin Wentz bond was set at seventy-five thousand dollars, and Amir Reeps is a hundred thousand. But you know, pretty promptly, Orion Day dismissed them from the football team. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's you know the way the details of the case are played out or, or spelled out, you know, it's pretty heinous what they're uh, what they're accused of doing. Yep. Uh, but of course, in, you know, in the in the American way, the American judicial system, you're not guilty. I mean, you're not uh, guilty until proven so, and uh, in a court courtroom. And so these guys, you know, are charged. And it's, you know, as I like to tell everybody, I mean, I I had two two sons and a daughter, and uh, if things happened uh, the way the young lady alleges that they happened uh, to her, you know, I, being the father of a daughter, if that ever happened to my daughter, you know, 
it would be tough. It would be, <laughs> I, I hate to say what I, you know, the, right. yeah. the justice I would take it in my own hands would be ridiculous. Exactly. If in fact I thought it was true. And, uh, but you know, it is a court of law that has to be taken in. But in the, in the meantime, you know, as, as you wrote, uh, or as we had on Letterman row, uh, Brian day fast faced his first true moment exactly. <laughs> of, yep. of put up or shut up, so to speak, what are you going to do with these guys? And like I just pointed out, uh, these guys were accused of something and arrested for it, but they haven't been found guilty of it. And, uh, kind of puts you as a, as a, uh, as a head football coach between a rock and a hard place, because you know, that, you know, the headlines were all over the place. They were international yeah. and, uh, about what happened here, just based on the, the, the web, the, uh, websites it showed up on as a top headline and things. But on the other hand, there are two guys who haven't been, uh, gone through the judicial system yet. They've just started, they just entered the portal. And I'm just wondering, uh, uh, awesome. What's, what's your take on the, the swift action that Ryan Day took in terms of basically telling them their persona non grata uh, with the football program. Yeah, when I was, you know, initially reacting to that last Wednesday, um, posted my my thoughts in the morning. That was maybe 12 hours or so uh, after the warrants were out and after the reporting started. In, and it was hard for me to see that there was any other option for Ryan Day for Gene Smith, for any any Ohio State officials that were going to be involved to bring them back based on what they were accused of in that police report. It was so uh, uh, graphic and awful. And, yeah. And, and thing is, you know, things have really changed in this front. You talked about how tough it was for a coach. Even reporting on this stuff is completely different than 10, 20 years ago. And I, I had to sit there and think, well, you know, we can't we can't initially just react to what this means for football. That's not that's not showing the proper respect. Um, Correct for anybody involved, and that that uh, starts with the victim. It does also include people that are not guilty of crimes yet. But the way that so I, so what I was most curious about was if Ryan Day would uh, wait until that played out, if they would just remain on indefinite suspension, or if what he read, uh, saw, heard was enough for him to not care at all. And I, I tended to think that he would react swiftly. I didn't know if it would be – it was basically 25 hours after that warrant was issued uh, for, I believe, Amir Reap that he kicked them off the team. And he he didn't have to do it that way. But if you were going to maintain this uh, integrity of the program that he's, he's worked so hard to build, that the people they're recruiting are all elite, top-notch, which – the guys that we have been dealing with frequently uh, in these last few signing classes have all been held in that high regard. I don't know that there was any real uh, choice. Certainly, Day showed no hesitation uh, in what, the discipline that he put down because um, it's hard to – even if they wind up being cleared of all charges, they were still in a situation that doesn't exactly bode well for having them around the rest of the locker room, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. Now, that's going to play out in the court of law, and they've got some really uh, high-priced attorneys to defend them. But mm -hmm. but w when you just read what's, yeah. on, what's on the paper from from the victim and that the police report shows, that's that's difficult to stomach. And as you said, I mean, I've got a, uh, a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and, and I think that uh, even, even in that short time that my perspective has completely changed on the way that these things should handle. 
that doesn't mean that in any cir- circumstance what uh, is alleged that I would ever have been okay with that. But man, you just your your headspace is definitely a little different when you um, have been around your own young kids, as you said. And Ryan Day's got kids at home um, and a wife that's uh, heavily involved in the community and and charities with children. It's just man, it's uh, that was kind of a gut punch all the way around for everybody. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, getting a story from my daughter that she could not leave of her own volition. Hmm. Now it took it took uh, it took the police a week, I think, to come up, you know, to finally opt to charge uh, these guys. So there was some diligence done there, one way or the other. And you know, uh, as you know, Sam Shemansky is the, the lawyer for Jocelyn Went, and he says his client is absolutely uh, innocent of these charges that he's been devastated by this, um, et cetera. So we will see where it goes. Uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's like, but, but it's so much of today, uh, is about public relations for one of another term. And, uh, you know, just the, the focus that something like this puts on your, on your football program, your business, whatever it is, wherever it is you're doing, you know, you're, you're doing your thing, whether you're working for somebody or you're playing football for somebody or basketball, you know, it's, it'd be who, because the, the court of public opinion moves swiftly, a lot more swiftly <laughs> than well, the judicial system. Yeah. It moves within, it moves at literally at light speed. As soon as you read things, you immediately make up your mind uh, without getting in essence, the other side of the story. Uh, what the other side of the story is, that's going to be interesting. Let's, let's just leave it at that. I mean, uh, what could be the other side of the story Yeah. and, uh, uh, a misunderstanding, whatever, I guess we're going to find out. But the bottom line is, you know, the reason we're talking about it is because these two guys were Ohio state football players and it had been a, had been a kind of a pretty quiet period when you think about it, about this bad stuff happening. And, uh, you know, Chase Young's situation was totally different. That was him accepting a loan from a guy and then paying him back, but uh, in essence going against the NCAA rules and thus having to uh, uh, skip two games in his in a year when he was running for the Heisman Trophy. That's a total different, you know, ballywick than than this situation. Uh, this is a uh, this is legal, deep legal stuff where the the, the two players involved are facing serious. Mm-hmm prison time if in fact they are found guilty of these charges and it's just it's it's kind of hard to wrap your head around i remember when the carlos hyde thing happened what was that 2013 yep and um uh were you here then i don't remember if you were even around then yep what yeah yeah as soon as urban got here i followed his coats his coattails exactly and uh you know i remember you know uh carlos initially urban meyer kicked him off the team and then when the videotape surfaced, there was a videotape of the actual incident in, in a bar where he had been speaking to a young lady and she slapped him and then he slapped her back. I mean, anybody could see it. And in essence, no charges finally were brought in the matter because uh, I think it was explained to the young lady that if we charge him, we also have to charge you for uh, slapping him, you know, but as I pointed out on, on television on channel 10 that night with Dom Tiberi, I said, well, no matter what urban Meyer's not going to like what he saw on that video, you know, which he didn't. And he suspended Carlos Hyde for three games. You know, he 
was brought back on the team, but suspended him for three games. And some people thought that was too light and stuff. And so you never, in the court of public opinion, you're never going to win everybody over one way or the other. There are some people are going to look at it. Or what does this just mean to the, to the football team and his chances of vying for a national championship and others are going to be, you know, fathers of daughters and mothers of daughters and, and daughters and, and yeah. sons are going, are you crazy? Look, yeah. this, this is, this is heinous what happened. And, and, and I think, but too, then, like I said, yeah, I like I said, no one's been found guilty of anything yet. So you're, you know, the, the, the you, when you're a Gene Smith, when you're a Ryan day, you're caught in the middle and uh, you do have to, you do have to take action. You do have to show that this will not stand, go take care of your business. When you take care of your business, if in fact you are found not guilty, maybe we'll think about things on the other side after that, but that's your foot, your status with the football team is a who cares right now. Yeah. I think that, and there was a similar case uh, with storm Klein in urban's first year where, yes. you know, there wasn't video that was all based on the police report. And I can't remember, I'm trying to remember if urban in Ohio state phrased it as a dismissal or I think they did. I think that he had been kicked off the team, but as soon as the charges were, uh, dropped in that case they allowed him to come back i don't i don't have the sense right now that that door is open to jocelyn went in the mirror reap i don't i don't know that we haven't had a chance to ryan day's not talked about this publicly and, and said that he wouldn't um yeah so it, it's kind of pointless for me to even speculate on it but that's you know you were talking about the relatively clean run that ohio state's had very very much so. These these have been really isolated incidents, which they should be, and you hope that they're uh, uh, on the de- decline permanently. Um, yeah. You never want you never want to have it. But as you said with Ryan Day, this is the first time that he's a high profile incident that he's had to respond and set the tone for his program. I know that it's you know it always seems like it's too soon to just start talking about football, but that is what you and I do for a living. And there is an element of this where, you know, Ryan day was not the primary subject of this story, but he is, you know, the highest paid employee in the state, you know, a state employee of Ohio, right? He's yeah. His program <laughs> is going to be impacted dramatically by this. It will, will reflect on him, the choices that he makes, how quickly he makes them, uh, you know, how, if he had let this drag out, cause who knows how long it would take for the legal system to, to, resolve this case that's that's not a situation that anybody wants uh hanging around their program so you know ryan day has to have had a good idea of you know where this fit in if the if there was enough reason to uh wait it out um you know i'm not even talking about quality of the player i mean this is a position of for of need for ohio state um he didn't let that factor into his thinking one way or another because both of these guys are in the secondary as we talk about the football part of it um he chose high character no no police uh record against and swift action and i I think that he deserves credit for that because it's not easy the easy choice would have been to say they're indefinitely suspended and we're going to let uh you know the police officers in the court of law handle this and then make the decision for us he he did not do that. He said, regardless of what happens in the criminal matter, those guys will not be back. And I think right now, I've always I've always explained to people too that uh, 
there's a big difference between, like I said, the Chase Young situation, which was a violation of NCAA rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had no say <laughs> over that. This, and this was just an alleged violation of criminal law. Right. I mean, this, this, these are two totally separate situations. I, don't think, I think people out there understand that. I'm not, I don't want to preach uh, to anybody about – I mean, I think everybody – any kind of sane individual understands the difference. And, yeah. you know, there's something to be said by standing by your man, which in fact, you know, uh, there was a Torrance Gibson situation with Urban Meyer and he was, he was upset by the way that escalated, mm-hmm. uh, as you well know, yep. uh, because a fairly innocent situation ended up with Torrance Gibson, in fact, getting for the most part kicked out of school. Mm-hmm. And uh, Urban Meyer never quite under wrapped his head around that. And, uh, there was some, whatever you want to call it, vengeance involved or whatever. But uh, so there are all kinds of these, these are, these things are never all the same. There are all kinds of levels to them. Mm-hmm. And the the people who are in charge, like Orion Bay, he has to see what's in front of him. And for the most part, sort of immediately make up his mind, whether he wants to let these guys be around the team while they go through their situation or whether he sees it as a big distraction to his team. And it, it will be, uh, it would be, it would have been mm-hmm. and, and, or uh, this has nothing to do with football. Like, like you said, I mean, these guys may never play football again anywhere. So, yeah. and they may play football again next year, you know, depending on what happens with their court case. I would doubt though, that that football would be played at Ohio state could be wrong. Uh, if you follow you know, uh, but, but like you said, that's so far down the road, in the list of priorities for these young men, it's crazy because they are facing serious charges and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. And with that said, let's jump into the football aspect of it. This is a hit yeah. for Ohio state from a depth chart standpoint, from a, uh, from, from a couple of guys who've been brought along, especially last year and played quite a bit. This is a, a hit, right? I think, that would be more so with Reap than Jocelyn Went. I think if you looked at the, there would be three guys heading into spring to really fight for two jobs alongside Sean Wade at corner. And Amir, yeah. Reap, Amir Reap would have been one of them. I think I'm probably, maybe I'm not, I haven't, haven't touched base with you on this in a while, but I think I'm probably higher uh, on Cameron Brown than, than a number of people are. I think we're on the same page there. And, and yeah. I, and I kind of like the versatility of seven banks and, um, I've kicked this around with Berm and Spencer as well. Like, you know, where do you guys, where do you guys see it? Because, uh, I, I don't view myself as the greatest, uh, talent evaluator and, and <laughs> filling out a depth chart in the world. I, I tend to defer to the, the people that are paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that. But the way that seven banks has ba- bounced around and helped on special teams, maybe lining up some of that nickel, I, I felt like that could be a good spot for him because I think that Cameron Brown can be a primary outside cornerback. So, yeah. uh, you know, Reap had had a chance to do some of that. He'd also played in the nickel. That would have been a spot for him to compete. I I had him third out of those three guys personally. Maybe I was yeah. maybe I was wrong, but I didn't I didn't think that Reap was going to play a real primary role. But in terms of the depth, that competition was was yet to really begin uh, heading into March and those key fifteen practices where uh, you know Kerry Combs is just getting his hands on those guys again for the first time. Uh, obviously Tyreek Johnson now becomes more important. Um, for, but for me, to looking at, at both of them, I didn't think Went 
He had his chance to start some at safety. It did not work. Um, he showed. Yeah, that was two years. That was yeah. two years ago. Yeah, yeah. He, he showed a couple, you know, flashes of doing some things. It looked like he could maybe be in that bullet role. Right. Um, but you know, that's a position where I think Ohio State is actually relatively stabilized because you have Pete Warner there who who did so much of it. If that position, as you always joke, if if, if that B lights up over the helmet and if it really exists, but they've got yeah. a, they've got a number of guys I think around who can who can play that, especially Court Williams now that he's an early enrollee. I think he's tailor-made for that sort of role. But, again, we're talking about neither. We couldn't have ruled out either one of these guys actually playing for Ohio State this year. They were going to have a chance to compete, went in the bullet and reap as one of those two other corners. With So, yeah. you know, they don't have a surplus right now. Uh, we were, you know, heading into that first week of January when it was possible that in, the entire secondary could have – you know, been gone. A, Sean Wade was important, but B, they they were counting on the fact that Reap had been in this program for several years and and had the experience and had worked with Combs and had all this other stuff seemingly going for him on the field alone, and and that's gone. That's that's like, that's several years of investment in a guy that um, was just absolutely uh, thrown away. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, you know. And, uh, you know, you remember Kerry Combs was pretty excited when he got a Mayor Reap, mm-hmm. if you remember. I mean, uh, he thought it – and this, this way I look at it. I mean, I look at those those corner situations. See, I look at Seven Banks. Seven Banks reminds me of the Chevrolet engine when they first brought the IndyCar back in the mid-'80s. It was a great, fast, strong engine, but it needed to get some uh, reliability to it, you know? <laughs> this, this is this is your other podcast, Tim. Yeah. I know, but my point is, you know, I didn't want to call it, you know, it's like there are some guys that clearly have some talent, but they need to be reined in to a certain extent, you know, polished a little bit. I think Seven Banks has got that capability. You know, Cameron Brown, you you know, I I like him. The reason I like him, like you just talked about a while ago, you know, I did a little story on him for us a couple of weeks ago, like you referred to a minute ago. And um, what I like about him is he's very smart and, uh, clearly has athletic ability. He's a big guy, pretty big guy. So I think they've got the capabilities and, you know, Tariq Johnson, we'll see where that goes, but I think they've got still have, you know, some depth there that they can lean on and we'll see, you know, how they manipulate things in the spring, et cetera. But there's a lot of guys that probably need to grow up to a certain extent and on the defense in, in general and in the secondary in particular. And so I, I think, I think you just hit on it. I think Seven Banks and Cameron Brown are a couple of guys that I think people are going to see a lot of, you know, barring injury or barring some surprise yeah. of some guy rising through the ranks. And you know, it's really funny because when we, when I was doing my uh, a podcast a week ago with Angie Schlegel, which I think is a must listen oh, to. Guys, I mean, it was really good. Yeah, but it was, it was cool because Schlegel, you know, leaves no stone unturned. Matter of fact, he goes back through the field again, plowing. <laughs> um, well, we were sitting there and we were, we were doing the corner of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center indoor field and out there on the field, throwing the ball around. 
you know, were Justin Fields and some guys and, you know, the wide receivers. I mean, Chris Olave, who, by the way, is sporting a very stout beard now. And I said, man, I still recognize you. I still know who you are. <laughs> and, uh, but he, uh, you know, he always had that light beard, but now he's decided to go full bore, you know, kind of like Chase Ferris. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I wish I could do that. I've got this little scrawny little gray thing going, but, uh, I digress, but, but I'm just, <clears throat> I'm telling you, I, I stand by what I was saying on a podcast with you a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> uh, Austin, if they don't go giddy up again, throwing the ball like they did Maybe not as much as they did in, in 2018 mm -hmm. with Dwayne Haskins Jr., but buddy, there is some talent running around in the wide receiver, as they as they said in the Gomer Pile show, the wild wide receiver corpse. There's a <laughs> there there is some talent running around out there, and we're not even really I'm not even talking so much about the the young guys, you know, Julian Fleming, uh, uh, Jackson Smith, Nigba, those guys, Mookie Cooper. Uh, I'm not even talking about those guys yet. I'm talking about the guys that are back. And then Jeremy Ruckert, <clears throat> Jeremy Ruckert looks like a, a big fleshed out wide receiver when he's running around uh, just the options, the options to just throw the ball for this team to me could be dynamite. What's, you know, and you were standing like I was, but I'm yeah. telling you, was, C, uh, uh, was CJ Justin Saunders Fields, out there, Tim? Wait, was, who? C, was CJ Saunders out there? I, I don't remember seeing him out there. I don't remember seeing him out there. The interesting thing about CJ Saunders was, when Julian, Julian Fleming was talking about him, he brought up again what we what I wrote a story about, you know, after the Big Ten championship game when he gave up and gave that got up and gave that speech at halftime. Yep. You know, the thing that jumps out about to Julian Fleming about it is that he thinks this guy could be a hell of a coach. I go, man, that's not the first time that kid's heard that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see where the Saunders things kind of finally um what do you think is gonna happen there? Let's let's touch on that first, whether he'll get a a six year or not. I actually asked uh, somebody who would know about that on Monday morning, and they they're still waiting uh, for final word on that. It's if the if they can get approval. I, I thought at the end of last year when C.J. Saunders participated in that Senior Day festivities that the writing was kind of on the wall that the the scholarship numbers were were too tight. They had these new guys coming in that maybe he wouldn't have the option from the Ohio State side to utilize that sixth year. But I I think. When they look at this now, and if you're Brian Hartline, you have Olave and you have Garrett Wilson, who's still just in his second year, but now he's one of these veterans. You're not sure what you really have in Jalen Harris and Jalen Gill. They're certainly not really going to be fit into that leadership mold. If if you've got these four young guys who we all know can play, yeah, but they don't have that that coach on the field or that captain. I mean, C.J. Saunders earned that right for a reason last year before the injury. And then the second injury that kept him out all year. If you can have him now and the numbers are in a situation that are favorable for him, you absolutely have to keep CJ Saunders around. So there's not a, a verdict in on that for somebody who I'll put it this way. If the NCA says no to a guy who is a former walk on who earned a scholarship and then became a captain and they don't want that person representing college football for a sixth year, then no one should ever get a medical hardship again, because Nobody deserves it more than somebody who went down the road uh, that C.J. Saunders did. So I would have to hope that uh, common sense prevails in that situation and then Ohio State gets somebody who can really help set, you know. He, yeah. He's, well, let me ask you, yeah, let me ask you another well, – let me ask you from another way, though. I mean, uh, uh, you know, was Ohio State as aggressively um, 
were they as on board with him getting a sixth year uh, to begin with as maybe he was? I mean, I got the impression that maybe that wasn't the case, you know, that uh, I'm, I'm not sure Ohio State, I'm talking about Ohio State, yeah. like it's some big well, giant, but I'm, 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 I'm thinking they kind of dragged their feet on it because I'm not sure they were going to have the numbers, you know, that would have uh, allowed that to happen. Cause you don't get an extra, you don't get to have 86 scholarships. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Um, that was the impression I got that this was sort of put on the back burner a little bit. Who's the guy that got the sixth year? I'm trying to remember. Uh, um, has he already gotten a sixth year? Who am I? Who Justin am I? Who am I? Justin yes. Hillard. Yes. And uh, so that's the impression I got was that they were waiting for the numbers to sort of settle out. Isn't that, what, isn't that the impression you had? Well, I think it's I think it's uh it's both, Tim. That I don't think C.J. Saunders was fully on board. Let's after that, you know, second yeah. setback. Do I want to do this again? I mean, after after that rise, he'd really accomplish something at getting that captaincy and then to have two major setbacks with your knee, you know, right in a row. I don't know that I, I talked to him a couple times just on the field before games, October, November. I said, when are we going to see you again? It was like, maybe never because it, it's, yeah. hard, it's hard what he went through. I think it's, it's true that Ohio state wanted to know what their number situation was going to be like at wide receiver. And I think that CJ Saunders probably wanted to know mentally like there was a time I asked him and he wasn't sure if he was even going to apply for it. And, you know, that this was just kind of casual off the record conversation, but yeah, I think he himself needed to be, you know, and you know, his family convinced yeah, yeah. that, that like that would be good for both of them. I, I don't, I don't think it was one more than the other. I think they both needed to say, Hey, are we going to do this or not? And then once you fully commit and then present your case to the NCAA, you know, generally you're going to these outcomes for injuries. There aren't a lot of surprises. Usually you're going to win those cases when it's well documented. And for him, not playing a single, you know, really playing oh, yeah. a single game last year, that should be a no brainer. Oh yeah. That'd be a, in any other situation, that'd be a slam dunk, like right. you said. And, uh, you know, and the thing is, this is another great example. You know, we've seen guys come back from knee injuries and be better than they were before. I mean, you know, the, the first great example of that covering Ohio State football for me was Joey Galloway. Hell, he was faster after his knee injury, you know. Yeah. And uh, but every every knee injury is different. I mean, every there's no such thing as this injury was exactly like that injury, and the uh, uh, the comeback from them. And sometimes, you know, to be honest with you, sometimes guys press the gas pedal too early, you know, mm -hmm. and have to go back into the garage. And uh, uh, there's another stupid racing analogy which makes <laughs> this but, is just cross kind of, cross promotion, but. But, but the bottom line is, I mean, a, a lot of, you know, the mechanical aspect of your body uh, does, you know, they, it is a little bit like going back into the garage for a tune-up or, you know, in some people's cases, they get older in life after they deal with some of these things, a knee replacement, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and that's pretty damn mechanical if you've ever seen one. But uh, <laughs> but the bottom line is, yeah, you're right. I mean, how much does, how much effort, pain, whatever does he want to go through, uh, does he, you know, how weight against getting the getting that glory time to uh, play football for Ohio state. Right. And then also the idea that there are, you know, the, the Q Q U E U E at wide receiver. <laughs> it got, it got longer, not shorter after yeah. last season. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm talking about a playing time and there's just some great, there are some great 
uh, players who are waiting to really come online. You know, like you said, I mean, when we were talking about the receivers last uh, couple of weeks ago, I totally left out my favorite guy, Jameson Williams, you know, and yep. uh, I mean, gosh, you know, I expected him to get about four balls thrown to him uh, deep in that game against Clemson. It didn't happen. But, uh, you know, that I'm not calling the place. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, the other but, guy, too, like we didn't talk about him. And every time that you and I talk about wide receivers or Berm is around, he keeps saying Cam Babb, Cam Babb, Cam Babb. And, yeah. and it's easy. Yeah. I keep I keep sort of, you know, pushing it out of mind a little bit because I've never seen him really do anything other than walk around uh, with, you know, three straight years of knee injuries. I've, but people I, talk about it. But people talk about him like, holy moly, if he's ever healthy, look out. Exactly. Right? And and that's not just I mean, <clears throat> it's not just Berm that thinks that he, he's right. Like, um, you know, Brian I'm talking Hart, about him from the team. I'm Brian, about yeah, players on the team. Other guys, yeah. Brian Hartline, they all rave about this guy and. You know, this Johnny Dixon, you were talking about Joey Galloway. Johnny Dixon, to me, is now sort of the prime example for yes. whether it's C.J. Saunders going through it, who would have seen Johnny Dixon struggle for years trying to get healthy, or Cam Babb, who had a little crossover there late. I mean, these guys know what can be what can happen for you if you stick with it, that maybe someday that luck is going to turn for you and you're going to get to show your potential. You're going to get to make big plays in the horseshoe. And both of those guys can do that. I think – of the two that Cam Babb would have the higher ceiling of uh, over CJ Saunders, but Saunders value yeah. to me, as I said earlier, is more about being, you You have Hartline, you have Keenan Bailey, and then you have CJ Saunders acing every question that you ask in the meeting room and grinding through every single rep that is available to him and not putting footballs on the ground and maybe even helping uh, in the return game, which we've seen uh, in the past from him. I mean, there, there's a, there's a clear role for him. It would, it, yes. it's not going to be, uh, 25 catches or five touchdowns maybe, but, um, it could Agreed. help, it could help Julian Fleming do that. It could help, uh, Mookie Cooper make a transition. And I think that's, that's sort of what everyone has. That's the mindset mentality that everyone sort of got to with CJ Saunders. And we'll, we'll see exactly. I don't know. There's no way to predict when that will be announced, but I know that it hasn't yeah. happened yet. Yeah. By the way, uh, I didn't get to talk to you uh, since because you and the you and the owner Will Crawl and uh, and Vermonology y'all, y'all took off to the Bahamas or something for <laughs> yeah. you know for that's what always my wife always got upset you know when I was full time Ohio State beat writer for like thirty what was that thirty seven years at the Dispatch I mean as soon as you'd go on vacation something uh, would happen yeah. I mean I mean it was like clockwork and. Uh, you guys are sitting in the Bahamas and you're trying to have a good time, probably even play some golf or we did go, play go, some spear, golf. Yep. Go, go spear fishing, whatever you do down there and uh, conch shell hunting and boom, you know, the, the news of last week comes out of a, comes out of thin air, like a lightning bolt. But uh, it, it is, it is pretty funny, man. Uh, it has turned into a 24 seven, 365 beat. Yeah. It, it's ironic, right? It's really, um, and nobody ever wants to hear uh, someone in our profession complain because we have a dream job and, and we all know it. We, Correct. We cover sports, uh, and the fact that you might have to take a couple hours on vacation uh, to do work, hey, uh, that's a small price to pay for the other perks of our job. Um, but it, it never fails. Like when you look at the calendar, you thought this week, okay, recruiting is over. Uh, there's a little bit of basketball going on, but it's not. You know, it's the middle of the Big Ten season. It's not going to make or break anything if we're gone. 
Um, the coaches can't go on the road, so it was good for Berm. Uh, a little bit of a quiet period there. Spring ball still a couple weeks away, but it just it almost doesn't matter when you go. Something's going to happen. I thought uh, Allie and I tried to take a little getaway after spring ball last year, and we, we hit the road, and uh, you know we're 45 minutes out of town, and and I get a message that that Matthew Baldwin uh, is about to hit the transfer portal. Like it's like <laughs> it's like there's a a beacon or something that as soon as you or I or Berm or Spencer are outside the city limits something is going to happen with this beat and you know it's also a great thing that there is so much interest that you know i i want to cover it i you are you and i are very competitive people and we don't want other people to be doing that and, right. and that we don't turn that off on vacation you don't nope. turn, you don't turn it off when you're in texas and that's it's it's also there's just i got it, it blows my mind because when you started in your career and even when i started in mine this what the technology wouldn't have allowed you to do that. If you were going on vacation, then you were turning it off completely. But this this team, the interest in it, and the fact that you can, you know, work while you're gone has changed everything. And you know, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing that we could cover it from the Bahamas um, at that hotel or or monitor it while we're playing golf down there at uh, at Royal Blue. Yeah. But it's it's definitely wild. I'm sure for you, even you think, think back to the the equipment that you used at the start of your career to what we can do now. And even just sitting yeah. here having this podcast, it's, it's, it's almost, unthink almost un unthinkable. I almost, I almost dictated a story from the uh, payphone at the at Acadia national park uh, camping area. Um, so, I mean, I, I've got all kinds of tales uh, <laughs> is it, from, having to deal with situations on, you know, while, while you're gone and stuff, but you know, you guys, y'all had to wait for the float plane to get there, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I understand. I understand. Hey, uh, Austin, it's always a pleasure, my man. Anything else you want to talk about before we, uh, uh, call it quits on yet another Tim May podcast? Yeah. I was thinking, you know, my mind was kind of racing there with the secondary and we switched to the passing game. It's, it's interesting to me to look now at this Clark Phillips situation yeah. where Ohio State lets him get away. And if that, you know, if that kid had taken a couple more days or, you know, obviously he wanted to stay closer to home. I think that's sort of the moral of that story with him going to Utah. But, man, that kid was going to have an opportunity to really start, compete for a starting job right from day one. And the fact that he kind of got away, when we look at the depth now, especially that, that move uh, in hindsight, it's going to be pretty significant. It puts a lot of pressure now on Legend Cavazos and Ryan Watts. Those guys are are they did enroll early. They are on campus. Kerry Combs is going to have his hands on them. Who knows how quickly he can get true freshmen ready at that position? That's not something he's really done much of in the past with Ohio State. It's uh, taken some time to develop and get them ready, and so that puts the real the real spotlight then for me when it's March 4th or 5th, whatever that first day is that we're going to be out there uh, for spring ball, can Tyreek Johnson finally be that guy that people expected him to be when he's a five-star recruit coming out of Florida? Can he, is he going to even help in the depth? Is it going to work out for him at Ohio state? This is, he's going to be one of the most fascinating guys to watch in March. I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, and then, you know, that story I did about Paris Johnson talking about, you know, the re reliving or re, uh, 
dredging up that great line from Taylor Decker about iron sharpens iron when he was going against Joey Bosa, you know, I mean, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to see iron sharpen iron when it comes to the, uh, the guys on the outside and the defensive backs, because, you know, it's a story I wrote uh, a couple of weeks ago about Julian Fleming. I mean, I've made up that new uh, acronym, <laughs> ACAC, which yeah. is acceleration after the catch. I mean, I know yards after the catch, uh, you know, that, trans translates into that but I, I just thought i'd be clever with ACAC, which is probably not very clever but uh i mean i'm telling you these defensive backs have got their work cut out for them in those one-on-one could be embarrassing situations we'll see how it goes but you know these young guys these young receivers are no joke man and like i said justin fields is going to be i mean he looked the other day so sharp just throwing the ball and we saw him develop from one week to the next last year into a better passer, almost from play to play, but series to series. And, you know, they're really going to, uh, I think, lean on that because, you know, the, the peril of him running is obvious to everybody now yeah. you know, yeah. of what it can mean to you when you really need him the most, you know? And so I, I don't know. I just, I just think it's going to be a, as interesting a spring as there's been. And I've always enjoyed spring football because that's where you, you see guys really make their moves and by moves, I mean either up or down the depth chart yep. and they become almost, uh, okay. You're from now and you're pretty much, we're thinking about you on special teams. Mm-hmm. You can't, you don't really have what we need, uh, from a play to play day to day situation in the secondary, in the defensive line, in the, uh, linebacker core, uh, there are a lot of defensive linemen playing special teams coverage. I understand that, but you know where I'm going. Yeah. And, uh, and so that, that's what makes spring special. I still, we get to watch more spring drills this year than we have in the past. We'll see, you know, I, I, I thought we had a shot last year with Ryan day, but it didn't really work out like I thought it would. Uh, I think it behooves them to let us watch, you know, instead of just hear things and report things. I've always put, put that forward. I mean, the old saying goes back, back in the day when Earl Bruce was there and then the, the first days with, you know, the, basically most of John Cooper's era and even the first uh, year or so with Jim Trussell, you have to go to practice pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. So there were no, no real surprises. And until somebody decided they would uh, do a play by play recall yeah. of a, of, of down distance uh, formation situations under Jim Trussell. And he said, well, if you guys can't police yourselves, then you can't watch practice. I mean, that was kind of a paraphrasing there, but you know, he doesn't understand that, you know, me uh, like Letterman Row versus Cleveland.com. It, that's like Michigan versus Ohio State. It's not like Michigan's A or Ohio State's A team and it's B team. You know, I mean, we're <laughs> we're all we're we all uh, answer to different uh, to different bosses, different coaches. You right. know, like we answer to Coach Will Crawl. That's you know, right. and uh, <laughs> that's tough. You know, you either get you either get invited to the Bahamas or you don't. Is what I found <laughs> out. No, nah, I'm just messing, man. Just messing. I couldn't have gone. Hey. I couldn't have gone anyway, <laughs> just joking. But hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you very much for, if you sat through this entire uh, uh, Tim May podcast, we, we, I thought it was very intriguing, very enlightening. And uh, as far as prying back to cover two about what, what where Ohio State goes forward after this real tough situation, uh, Brian Day had to deal with uh, the toughest of his coaching career so far in terms of dealing with personnel and, and pretty much having to wave goodbye to a couple of guys who showed some potential, different levels of potential. But, you know, until next week, and I really appreciate Austin, 
I call him Boston Ward coming on, my co-pilot, my first officer, the guy that flies the plane probably better than I do, but I get to make all the landings. Uh, until next time, this is Tim May with the Tim May Podcast. We'll see you then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.